Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Today's podcast chat is going to be a really fun one and filled with, I'm sure, lots of juicy tidbits about how my guest, Harriet Spring, does life. She has a lovely, colourful past in the best way, of course, <laughs> <laughs> the best way, of course. And I met Harriet almost 12 months ago, and she was a participant on one of my leadership programs I was running. So I've got to know her pretty well, but there's lots of stuff that I really want to find out about how you do life, Harriet. So welcome. Welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here. So what I normally do is I normally start the podcast by asking guests about what stage of life they're at. But I'm going to circle back to that question in a minute because what I want to share with the listeners, I want to share your bio with the listeners because if I don't, the risk is that we'll go down a rabbit hole of some things and we they won't know all the fantastic things you've done in life. So Harriet grew up in a typically dysfunctional 1970s family home in Sydney. She's the youngest of five girls and she comes from four generations of school teachers making her determined to never be one. Instead, Harriet graduated as an architect in 1993 after seven years studying at Sydney Uni and then the Uni of California, so Berkeley in the 80s. Architecture upended her suburban upbringing and changed the way she both thought about and viewed the world. She continues to be inspired by the many strong and talented people in architecture, particularly women, whom she's had the privilege to work with over the 30 years that she's spent in construction and design. And it's beautiful that we have another woman working in construction and design. One of the previous podcast guests, Kerry ann also works in the building industry. So Harriet's experience in the 90s was in the private sector. Now, this is, I love all of this. So ranging from work on residential projects for the uber-rich, I want to find out who they all were and all their secrets, Harriet, <laughs> as well as public buildings, including schools, prisons, museums, zoos, heritage buildings, and the Broadcasting Centre for the Sydney Olympics. But that's not all. So after 2000, Harriet has undertaken predominantly public sector work, which has seen her delivering projects for the National Capital Authority. She was the project manager, this is beautiful, of the new childcare centre at the Australian Parliament House. And that made the, de- the then Democratic leader, Natasha Stott, De- oh, I can't say it, Stott Despoia. Is that, did I get that? Yeah, Stott Despoia. <laughs> cry with joy when she saw it. So how beautiful to be to the project manager for the childcare centre at, at Parliament House. And so you managed residences and the grounds of the Governor General in both Sydney and Canberra. You oversaw works for the federal courts across Australia infrastructure projects for the external Australian territories of Norfolk, Christmas and Cocos Keeling Islands before returning to work on projects in her hometown in Canberra. And that's where you are now. Yeah. Her career path hasn't been about climbing any ladders, but rather has focused on interesting and exciting work and working with as well as creating great teams. Oh, my gosh. So much, but that's not all. That is not all. Harriet's married to a talented cabinet maker and has one overachieving daughter. I love this bit. We had a chat about this the other day, but has an overachieving daughter who's just graduated from school and is spending a gap year 
Well, I say this bit, that she's being <laughs> exploited right. by the boarding school system in the UK. We're going to talk about that. Together, the family designed and built their home, which they also call the commune, <laughs> in Hackett, and that's a suburb in Canberra. And what do you reckon? It's going to remain unfinished project for about the next 20 years? At least. At yeah. least 20 years. <laughs> And a little bit more about Harriet. She's a passionate feminist and remains increasingly astounded (laughs) that the world remains largely run by men, considering the amazing women that she knows and the women in the world. I agree. I agree with that. She enjoys ceramics, squash, gardening, travel. Their family cat, who's just been probably pop up on the screen (laughs) in a minute, but pearly puss puss Madonna. (laughs) And, of course, she's got chickens. So for those of you that don't know Canberra, the suburb that Harriet's in, you've referred to that as part of the lentil belt. That's yeah, where the... um everyone's, everyone's got a PhD in chickens, right? PhD <laughs> in chickens, like the hippie, 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 hippie suburb of um, Canberra. Yeah. I love this bit. Harriet is a card-carrying member of the crappy book club, which proudly boasts the reading of absolutely no books, <laughs> but the consumption of much wine. She's spent the past 15 years religiously climbing Mount Majura, which is a um, local mountain here in Canberra, two or three times a week um, with fellow mums from her daughter's kindergarten class. Oh, my gosh, Harriet, (laughs) we need to. (laughs) We need to talk about all of that. Right. Okay. Some more. Settle down. (laughs) (laughs) So let's circle back. Mm-hmm. Where are you at in life now? So lots, lots of stuff that yeah. happens. So where, what stage of life are you at now? Okay, I'm 55 now, which I was told the other day I looked 45, and I'm like, oh, say that again. Ooh, <laughs> I don't. I'm... I've got very grey hair, so I was like, okay. No, grey's the new. I've got grey hair. Look at us both. In, I know. For those I listening, know. you can watch us on the mm. video. We're both in black with our hot grey hair. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm 55 now and, uh, I, I kind of think that I, I want to work till I'm about 60. So I want to work on really mm. fun projects. I'm really determined to work on fun yeah. stuff. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to the next chapter of life, watching my daughter get out of the, uh, exploitation that she's in in London, uh, yeah. not in London, in England. And, um, yeah, just, um, on the path of trying to enjoy life and trying to work on life, work life balance a lot more because it's yeah. been a constant theme in my life. Of so you're in a senior role. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're in a senior of... role in the ACT government. Yeah, yeah. Still working in the architecture game, is it? Kind of, kind, of? kind of project management, kind of yes. program management. I kind of, I used to say I run teams of project managers, but now I've got operational teams and project and program managers and, um, procurement people and you yes. know, sustainability people. So it's it's a bit of a mix. We we run a faci- like facilities management of yes. properties and lots of projects. Hmm. But you're not you're not designing at the moment with No, um, no. Really. I've just accepted a new secondment where I will kind of get to mm. work with teams who are doing a lot of the designing. I'll I'll kind of play client, I guess, and sort of say, No, 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 do that better. So do that more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not a bit less of that. <laughs> How did you get yeah. into architecture? How did that um, happen? I was absolutely obsessed when I was growing up with um James Harriet and um Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what was it? All creatures great. All and creatures great and cool. Yeah. Small. I was yeah. determined I was gonna be a vet. Absolutely determined I was gonna be a vet. I even changed schools so that I could do art with chemistry and physics, which was critical for being a vet. Wow. And I absolutely hated both of them. And so year 11, I'm kind of like, well, let's stuff that idea. So I just scrapped around thinking, what the heck am I going to do? Thought I'd be a super secretary, do a course in Canberra, learning how to be some I did that. We could have been at business college together. I know, right. But I didn't do that because I thought, well, I'm good at science, I'm good at art, I'm kind of good at maths. What combines those and architecture was the thing that fell out. And then another friend of mine was going to do architecture. And I was like, what do you do when you're 18 but follow your friends? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I, my business college, my girlfriend yeah. and I went there. Um, that wasn't, was that very popular for women, girls? 
back mm, I really think it was about sort of maybe then it was about 40% women, 60% men. Yeah, but I reckon those numbers have changed, and especially at Sydney University, I reckon at UTS, because I, I went to uni in Sydney, UTS yeah. would have been far higher proportion of men because it was a harder course and us girls are slackers, obviously. So, um, <laughs> it's smarter. Yeah, it was, it was more that the percentage difference was, I think I was like about one of three public school kids out of 80 who went to university. So it was lots of very yes. wealthy kids and it was like, whoa, who, what, what's, what's a Catholic? What? <laughs> like it was really, really bizarre. All these kind of private school and Catholic school kids that I just never come across before and led a very sheltered, you know, the the Bible Belt of Sydney kind of suburban. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. And it sounds like you've had some really cool projects that you've worked on. Yeah. I, I'm going to kind of unpack the architecture bit and then mm. we'll dip into other areas of life. Mm. What I was going to ask, what was your favourite? Or is it like kids where you're not supposed to have a favourite? Oh, and you know, and you never have a favourite. Of course you have favourites, yeah. <laughs> Which which projects were you? Which were some um, of the cool projects? Oh, uh, look, there were lots of ones that, you know, were they fun at the time, but looking back, people go, what? You did what? And, yeah, there were some really fun projects. So lots of fun projects doing um, houses for, for wealthy people. So yeah. a house in um, Surrey Hills that's next to the Brett Whiteley. It was called Grant House. Stephen Grant was the client. Lovely, lovely guy. But yeah. he sort of was like a like a Medici of, of kind of like he had, he was an art patron and he just, he was really, really fun. He'd turn up in his oh. little orange lotus and say, let's go shopping for furniture. And we'd jump in and drive off and look for furniture. But we did this really fun and groovy house and oh. lots of great parties there. We did sort of houses for, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, but no, you can, the Salisbury yeah. family who, uh, one of the owners of the, under the Harbour yeah. Tunnel. Yeah. Um, you know, that one was interesting. The brief was, you know, we need a turning circle for stretch limos so American um, ambassadors can visit us and, you know, every kid has an ensuite. And, yeah, it was really amazing. It's this phenomenal house in um, Northbridge. But working on the Olympics was super fun, you know, d- dealing with all the – um. so it was the broadcasting centre for the Olympics. So it was like this sort of temporary box of – just rabbit warren of, you know, um, TV studios and radio studios and having to show all these kind of foreign, you know, TV and, and radio broadcasters through through the building, which was like a big old warehouse and, um, you know, getting to see the Olympics, working all through the Olympics, yeah. Ryan HG shows through the Olympics. It was just super fun. And, you know, we had to brand everything, so we branded everything in Australian themes and, and named all the roads, you know, Australian names like Lamington Drive and the Chook Run and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, had beach and bush and, you know, desert and I forget what the other one was, desert and something or other else and, um, oh, harbour, water, oh, you know, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, for themes for, cause it was just so big. We had to try and help people yeah. find their way through it. Yeah. So amazing. And then, you know, Lecture theatres for the zoo where we had to kind of work out, well, what fence will keep an alligator out from getting to the monkeys on the other side? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my you God. Know, the Governor General's working out, you know, if we do a 21-gun salute, will the monkeys who are in the zoo next door stampede and how do we prevent that and how to – like it was – there's been some hilarious things. Oh, my like, gosh, and thinking about your risk management. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> different. Yeah, than... yeah. <laughs> Office space management. The Governor General's was a whole other world, you know, putting on, you know, things for the Canberra, the the 100 years of Canberra celebration. We had 20,000 people to an event and, you know, just amazing things with helicopters parachuting people in and, you know, just the massive kind of big, uh, is it the Pacini? I can never say her name, that that whale balloon, you know, what's her name? Oh, I can't think yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah no, it's that true. amazing yeah. balloon was there and just, oh, wow. just like such an, an incredible event. And getting to, I guess, stay at Admiralty House and swim in the pool right on the harbour. I once was swimming in the pool there and I'm thinking, oh, it's so private. It's right on the harbour. And I looked up and there's this cruise ship going by. And I thought, <laughs> oh. No one's really looking, you know, still private. And I just, I just waved and the entire side of the ship waved, waved back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm so private. <laughs> Did you have your cozies on? 
I did have my cosita on, right? I was not swimming nude at the government general, so it just let me yeah, say that for the record. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you go about, and I'm not even sure how you unpack this, but do you vi- visualise it in your mind what, like just even thinking about the, just even a project that you're working on, mm. how do you break that all down? Like is it just a vision, a concept, you do a consultation, I guess you're part of a team doing that. Yeah, that's yeah, a very yeah. good question. I know that's a very yeah. good question, but um, I'm trying to get inside yeah. your mind. Yeah, look, it's been a long time since I've been the one actually yeah. responsible for the design. So I, I tend to um, work with project managers who I yes. help guide them yeah. putting projects together. I put the programs of works together. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be 70 projects in, in a, a set and, and then I have to keep my eye closely on just one major project there. Yeah. It is a bit of a process. You do yeah. the kind of you have to kind of work out what the what the problem is first to yeah. find the problem, and then you have to work out well what are the options and and how much might it cost and get a business case together. Really boring administrative yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then you have to kind of think about well who are the teams I have to put together and um what's the brief and how am I going to how am I going to pay for it how am I going to kind of yeah. procure it like what, what contracts and and then you start the fun stuff which is the design and gathering you know doing all the stakeholder consultation and and kind of working with them to sort of work through all the problems and keeping track of risks and program and budget yeah. and scope and quality and all of that. And then the magic happens and the design happens at the, you know, the, the construction happens at the end. And that's probably the hardest bit, but you've done a lot of hard work and, and you're in a relationship for two to three years. With yes. Them. I was going to say, you kind of, yeah. Are you working on one project or are you running like a, a running concurrent projects? Is it um, those big ones you were depends, talking about? Yeah, yeah. It depends. So yeah, one of the projects I was working on was the, the new CIT Woden at one yeah. And that is such a massive project that that was all consuming. But it depends. Like if you can have multiple small projects yeah, sure. working or if their projects are in different stages, like yeah. if one's in construction, one's in planning, one's in design phase, you know, it's, you can have, it, it's how you kind of time it. And, yeah. yeah. And, and if you've got teams working for you, then you can be juggling more and yeah. 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 Like, I mean, architecture firms and project management firms, they all work in very different ways and it yes. depends on the individual personalities and the talents that everyone brings in. But ultimately, it's a massive collaborative piece and, you know, no one's indispensable. But it sounds like you've had some beautiful opportunities. Mm. Sticking with the theme of work, like you're, mm. you said that you're 55 and you're yeah. probably going to retire 60-ish so that's not Ish. like you're entering that new you know the it's not the wind down phase but it's the entering into maybe the the beginning yeah of the phase. yeah yeah and, and you've talked about you know legacy and stuff like that what's that sort of next phase look like for you is that yeah uh no know about the legacy i've never been so important as to think oh okay <laughs> sorry i might have been just You're that. yeah no, look, it's more just you know well what else have i got to offer you know i'm kind of feeling like i've reached that point where i feel confident in the skills that i bring to the table and you know who could most benefit by what by the energy that i still have and i do sort of think about i think i was talking with you earlier during the year i'd like to kind of Maybe help women who are trying to get back on their feet after domestic um, violence situations or, you know, trying to get their careers back together if they've had a long break from work or, or anything yeah. like that where I can help them kind of build their confidence and build their stories and, and put their CVs and applications together or, you know, just help some community groups. And That's legacy. Yeah, right. Okay. That's my legacy. Right. Okay. That's your legacy. There you go. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it is thinking, like I'm – I'm a couple of years ahead of you and I'm thinking about what those next years, like I'm, I, my retirement, I kind of, that word's interesting for me because I don't think I will stop working, but my work yeah, will be yeah. different. It yeah. will be different in how exactly. I show up and think, and just really thinking about what that could look like as well and yeah. really incorporating it more into my lifestyle than. Exactly. I mean, I, I kind of look at my dad and he just, he just stopped yeah. working. He had a major yeah. heart attack at yeah. 57 and it was like such a shock to him. And his parents had both died at 65 and he just thought, mm. I'm going to have to live life to the full yeah. next three years because then I'm dying. And then he went on to live to 90. So you oh, know. <laughs> that's a long time, isn't it? It's a long, long time. time to... Yeah, I know. But yeah, I kind of think he just stopped 
stopped and he just didn't do anything. Yes. He just, and he just kind of, you know, made the sort of shroud of terrain of a grease patch on his chair, watching TV for the rest of his life. And, you know, he gardened and he golfed, but he'd been such a vibrant man. Yes. And I just thought, that's that's not a way to go. That's not the way I want to go. Yeah. No, same. So my 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 dad did that from when he retired. He was still very he was involved in the community, but it kind of yeah. came to this point where he just stopped being involved. Yeah. And then wow. his health wasn't great, and then oh. it was kind of this. Not yeah, it didn't inspire me for oh, my oh. final years are going to be like. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah, got lots planned, lots of stuff. Maybe. Does maybe every generation say that? It's like, yeah, I'm that's not be like my parents. <laughs> I've got girlfriends on the um. We've got a pact that if we and they're different girlfriends because if we're all, it's about looking out for each other. And if mm. we start turning into our parents, oh, we've yeah. got to kind of, you know, slap each other Talking out of it. Talking about your health too much, yeah. yeah. But then yeah. we've got to have somebody outside the circle. Yeah. That actually, because if we're all morphing into it together, we mm. need somebody that. Can actually mm. look mm. bit of a bit of a kind of arms length. Yeah, yeah, I, know. I know. Well, we 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 were joking about it. I actually asked my husband on the weekend when we were driving back home, "How does he reckon he's going to die?" And um, he, <laughs> I can't remember how he said he's not important. I said, "I'm going to die of a stroke, and if I don't die of a stroke, it's going to make me incapacitated. But if I am incapacitated, he's got to give me yeah. the pill." And he said, yeah. "You know, I'm not going to give you the pill. I'm going to, you know, just introduce you to Mr. Pillow and smother you because it's much cheaper." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you know, if we leave it up to our daughter, it's like, you know, she'll have us put down at anything. It's like she had a weepy eye. You know, yes. I had to you put know, it down. <laughs> yes, I've got – I reckon I'm going to die in the nursing home when I'm doing line dancing and the oh, instructors there not taking Zumba? Oh, yeah, maybe Sumba. Yeah, Zumba. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, salsa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we're doing the salsa and the instructor uh-huh. – I'm just going to keel over. When nice. that happens, yeah. that's my plan. Okay, so um, you want to go when you're waking, not just go in your sleep. No, no, I'm no, no, okay. You want to be active. Okay, yeah. I like that. I like that. But yeah. I've also got girlfriends on the lookout because if anything happens to me before John, mm-hmm. I reckon he'll turn the the life support off if I've got a broken ankle or something. Yes, I know, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got people on the lookout that. just to make mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And he said now that he'll wait three months. Okay, yeah. yeah. You want to be an absolute burden on all of your loved ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's like, how can I get them back? How can I absolutely get them back? Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Like my daughter, when she was two, she was just, she'll be so embarrassed if she was. Yeah, you play this for her. Yeah. yeah, when she was two, she'd sit on the toilet and she'd say, Mommy! Wipe my bottom. It's a sloppy one. <laughs> we're always joking. It's like, can't wait till we do that. Back yes, till it's up. us. Yes, when yeah. we're. Yes. <laughs> yes. God, I've got so many things. Actually, know, right. the revenge is a lot so that my kids all probably got revenge on me as well. <laughs> tell me about your daughter. So your daughter's left school and she yeah. is being exploited by the UK yes. boarding school system. What's happening? Okay, to anyone out there, don't let their kids go, join up to Let's Live. Um, <laughs> so, let's Live. It's just a gap year. So, yeah, gap so just year. for yeah. people, so, so some listeners uh, not in Australia, I think other countries do gap years, but it's common here, not all kids, mm-hmm. but at the end mm-hmm. of year 12, mm-hmm. to go and have and find themselves. Yes. <laughs> have a gap year. She's not finding herself. So she's finding herself in the UK. She's yep. found herself in a very exploitative situation. So, mm-hmm. like, what it is that they take a finder's fee and they place all these kids all over England in posh boarding schools, which, you know, theoretically lovely. But yes. she's working 80 hours a week and uh, getting paid about sort of £3 an hour and, um, and, and, and saying, oh, she'll get used to it. When it's summer, it's much nicer. I'm like, I don't know that you get used to working 80 hours a week. Um, <laughs> and what, is she 17 or 18? She's 18. So, yeah, yeah so she's an adult and, and so she's – Anyhow, she, we're working through that, and um, I, I'm just trying to convince her: don't come home yet. Travel no, and yeah. you know, try and enjoy it. And other kids say it does get better, but we're just trying to, you know, fight the kind of English slavery system and um, <laughs> <laughs> and basically get her paid for the hours she yeah. should be at the national minimum wage, which she is entitled to. So hopefully, we'll be successful. You know, we've called in the unions and we've looked up all the national minimum wage requirements, and now the schools say. Oh, we might have forgotten to check the wages. So, oh, anyway, we'll good see on you, girlfriend. where it goes. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, poor old Freya is just calling me and upset every day. So, yeah. How is that for you as a mum? Because Freya's your only yeah, she's child. My yeah. only child. Yeah. Um, How is it for you letting yeah, her? Yeah, it's really go? tough. It's really tough. I mean, yeah, it would be really great if she would just go and have a great year. At the same time, yeah. she will learn a lot of this. Yeah. And she hasn't had much go wrong for her in life. And sometimes adversity builds resilience and I know you can think of a little less resilience in this case but she's going to come out so much stronger from yeah. this yeah it's a tough one isn't it oh. yeah I shared with you my daughter Ellie when she was 15 mm. went on a student exchange to Italy and she was placed into far out it was a weird ass situation yeah. like they have different schooling systems in Italy. yeah yeah l she was placed into an aeronautical engineering school <laughs> yeah. and for those that know ellie bit of a niche not <laughs> aeronautical engineering is not her strength right and, and she, there was only three girls at the school and they stayed she was with a family that they had to drive half an hour to go to the, i think they got placed because the the mother worked near the school or something right, so right. she didn't even have any friends in the village that she stayed with and it was just this nightmare and it ended up not being great and we had to get the student exchange company to intervene and they were like fucking hopeless really they were just you know when you're paying a truckload of money and I that tore my heart yeah knowing that she was experiencing this but it (laughs) you know it didn't kill her and it made her stronger yeah, I know, I know. But it, I guess it's that kind of, they think they're going for this fantastic yeah. experience and it's not yeah. quite the reward that yeah. that. And, yeah. and it's very tough because one of Freya's friends mm. is really having a great time and that makes it very hard for her. And yeah, mm. anyhow, I keep saying it's not a competition. No. <laughs> and do you know what it is? It's the experience yeah. that you have yeah. and it will, for whatever reason, she'll look back on it. And say that was bloody hard work. That was, yeah, that was not rescue me. And I learned so much from it, and I'll never do that again. Not I <laughs> do you know what I pick up as well? Like you, you're you're a strong woman. Feminism. You've said that you're a, a passionate feminist. Yeah. And yeah. even helping Freya, and and this is not necessarily the feminist aspect, mm. but you're not just going, oh well, suck it up. You're actually helping her to. Help herself a bit. Help herself and almost yeah. take on the system a little bit as well, saying, you know what, that's not okay. Yeah. What's feminism mean to you? What's that look like for you? Look, a little bit in, I guess, to some extent, just not thinking that there should be any difference. You know, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to always wish I could be a boy because boys had more fun and boys were a more interesting. And I think because my dad was sort of this really patriarchal figure where, you know, all the women in his life had revered him and it's like, I want to be dad, you know. Yeah. He gets to be revered. You know, now it would be the worst thing in the world. Oh, my God, imagine being put on a pedestal. It is. <laughs> yeah, I guess for me. Feminism is my everyday living and breathing. I just know amazing women who are super strong, who just run the world. You know, they're basically, they're they're on top of their jobs. They're they're kind of, they're the organisers at home. They're all over the finances. They organise the social life. They're in charge of the kids. It's like, you know, really, what are men doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> the women have got it all covered, right? Yeah, so yeah. I just kind of am a little bit astounded. I do think the one thing women don't do is play enough. We really yeah. don't play enough. And yeah. and I think that that's, um, that's something that we could learn from men. Yeah. And I, I think I was talking with some, some of your clients saying that yeah. you've got to learn to be as selfish as men are. And that's yeah. really important, um, I think, as women to, to actually put yourselves first for a bit of fun it's it, you shouldn't feel guilty about it yeah. <laughs> I, do you know what I find that a lot with yeah. women that and myself included mm-hmm. busy, busy putting everybody else first and looking after and nurturing and, yeah yeah and managing you know businesses and teams and yeah you know in really important jobs and then go oh oopsie daisy Mm. kind of forgotten myself along the way and I see a lot of and I've experienced some of this in just recently yeah this overwhelm and would I call it burnout Mm. I I use the analogy of my Jenga tower of life it's getting wobbly 
like yeah. it was getting wobbly and it was kind of coming close to collapsing. Yeah. And a lot of women, it's really interesting, even before I um, was sharing about my journey, mm. a lot of women are, are feeling that, like in very senior roles. As oh, well. yeah. Yeah, but I don't even think it needs to be senior roles. No, no, that's true. Every, like women who are at every kind of, every peg of the kind of working yeah. life, because they do everything else in every other corner of everyone's lives, you know. Yeah. Like we're just taught to be the the ones that make everything okay and, and sort everything out and kiss yeah. every knee that's that's yeah. wounded, you know, whether it's, you, you know, your 80-year-old mother to your kind of three-year-old yeah. child to your yeah. husband every day. So, yeah, or whatever, your partner or whatever. Your partner or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. do for fun? Because I remember when we got hmm. together, so Harriet hmm. and I have known each other for 12 months. It was part of a, a leadership program which was beautiful. I, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. <laughs> and part of that is doing some individual coaching. And when we sat down for the very first bit, I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Do you remember what you told me? <laughs> Do you remember? Yes. Do you want to say it? Do you want well, to say I was, it? I was quoting some friends of mine who had been, had been kind of, um, had also had a similar kind of situation where they'd reached a similar point. And I just said, I'm a miserable old bag. I've got, I'm joyless. I've got no fun in my life. I'm just, I'm just like, it's just pointless. <laughs> but the favorite thing, your response was, oh, bullshit. <laughs> Loved it. I was like, you know what she said to me? <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yes. And I, I really, because it was kind of talking about that thing that you've just said now about, you know, not taking time out to mm. have fun and play. And mm. I I really relate to that as well, that life yeah. gets too serious sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's like that over-responsibility. And I've been very, very conscious to include play into yeah. um, into it, work and life and stuff. Yeah. So what do you do? What's your yeah. what's your I, I used to have a real thing that I refused to spend my time off work recovering from work and that I was gonna cram as much into my life as I could possibly could. So as intense as my work was, my life outside that was gonna be just as intense and fun back. But it's exhausting. <laughs> so now I give myself permission for lots of nana naps. Yeah. That's what I do. But also Money is something creative that, you know, they talk about flow. It's really important to, to, um, yes. to get into that flow. So reading for me, gardening for me, doing ceramics and making weird kind of, you know, like octopus-like things and, you know, just doing weird things yeah. and also surrounding myself with really great friends and strong, strong female friendships. I think it's really important, all male friendships or whatever. Yeah. You know, I just think surround yourself with people and be vulnerable to people. You know, I think it's really, really important to, you know, admit, oh, I'm a major fuck up. But, you know, I was always saying to my friends, oh, my God, I've had a mother of the year moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible mother I'd be for. I will just come in and say, oh, yes, you did this, this, and this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's not trying to be too perfect. And Yes. Yeah. 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 I think there's a big shift away from... There's a lot of people that still have those perfectionism yeah. tendencies, but I think yeah. there is a shift away from that to yeah. being vulnerable. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a bit of a balance too, I think. Like I think some people have taken vulnerability to I have to tell you everything about oh, yeah. everything yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe we don't need to know everything, but it's mm-hmm. about actually there was a I was doing some coaching today and I was with a group of women and one of the senior leaders, she was a guest speaker at the, mm. the forum I was running. And she said that there was a time that she was starting to feel really wobbly about all the stuff she had at work. Yeah. And she was starting to feel that she was going to drop the ball on a mm. lot of very major projects. Mm. And mm. she said, I could go into my senior manager and pretend that everything's okay, knowing full well that it wasn't because mm. it was impacting home life as well. Mm. Mm. Or she said, I could go in there and go, I'm not coping. I'm not coping. You need to, mm. you know, but she said, what I did was I got post-it notes mm. and I put all the things that I had to work on, on separate mm. post-it notes. And then I mm. categorized them. So which were the, 
stuff, the high priority, which yeah. is the kind of the, the passion projects. And yeah. then she went into her senior manager and said, look, I've got all these things on. Oh. There's a risk that some of the things are going to start to fall through the gaps because I'm not oh. able to to do everything. So the yeah. risk is that these projects are starting to fall through the gaps and also the risk is that it's starting to impact on my I'm going to fall through with I'm going to fall through with (laughs) So then she sort of said, and her manager said to her, oh, my God, I didn't realise that was a really powerful visual to have Mm. it all in front of her and going, Mm. oh, my God, I did not even realise you had all of that. There is no way you can do it. Yeah. Um, So that was, it was a really good lesson for the senior manager because she Mm. said, I was vulnerable, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't cope. It was like I nipped it before I couldn't. So I thought that was a really good strategy. And then it was also the her senior manager was like, oh, fuck, I didn't even know this. So if we keep it to ourselves, I guess the moral to the story is take action. Like, look at what you've got on your plate. What can you do? What are the, you know, the the risks or the impacts of stuff falling through? Sometimes we need to let it fall over. Yeah. That's all my husband always says, let it break. Yeah, it's better <laughs> keep hard. coping. It, everyone's going to think you can always keep coping. And yeah, it's actually for all those people listening out there, <clears throat> when you keep doing stuff above and beyond, you kind of yeah. making a little bit of a rod for your own back. You are. You are. I totally. Think. I think men are a lot better at kind of, kind of saying, containing that, that that's work and yeah. and not bringing it home with them. Yeah. You know, just in my, you know, my experience yeah, yeah. of performing, yeah. I know, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but also well, someone once introduced the concept to me of crystal balls and rubber balls in the air. Yeah, perfect. And there's there's rubber balls that you can drop. They're going to bounce and, okay, you kind of pick it up and lose a bit of momentum, but the crystal balls you do not drop. So you do have to kind of say, okay, this is one thing. I have to look after everything else gets jettisoned for now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I haven't heard that analogy, but I really love that. That's yeah, really it works. You know, And so now we sort of say, is it a crystal ball or a rubber ball? Are we dropping yeah. this one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's that's... good to sort of talk with your workmates. And, and that's what I find also. Having great teams around me, I've got the best team in the world at the moment. So yeah, just surrounding my talent, myself by, with with people who much smarter than me, much more capable than me, and never assuming I'm the only same, the only good idea in the room. You know, same ever. Yeah, yeah. And and going into conversations, being prepared to be convinced I'm wrong. You know, like it just it brings a humility and a humbleness to the table that other people kind of reciprocate and I think that makes for much more constructive conversations. And I think that's part of vulnerability as well. Yeah, yeah. We don't don't we don't have to have the answers to everything. We can have ideas and we can have views or we can not have ideas. And it's okay to to say that. You know, depending on what situation you're in. But I think being open, learning I've really learnt to be curious. Yeah, Um, yeah. I used to my curiosity used to be like what the fuck? Um, <laughs> that was like what the fuck is that person even thinking? But I've shifted it now, going to like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they're thinking that. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's there is a that. <laughs> there is a subtle difference, but yeah, there is. <laughs> the energy behind it is very yeah. much about now going. Actually, I'm really genuinely interested. Yeah, why, yeah. Why did why why are they thinking that? Yeah. Why have they come to the table with that view that I think is not the right way? Yeah. But yeah. by shifting my curiosity around it has really helped yeah. me to be open. Yeah. And you know, sometimes others are. And that's about right. yourself with not with echo chambers, but with diverse yes. teams. And it's not just, yes. you know, oh, you must have the 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 black person and the gay person yes. or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. about you know, it's surrounding yourself by weirdos who think very differently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The weird people are the only ones yeah. worth knowing. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just will come at things from a totally different perspective. It was like, oh my God, I would never have thought of it that way. So yeah, it makes for really, really- I love that. I really love that mm. diversity in thinking and mm. diversity in approaching things. Totally. I really like I'm just fascinated. Absolutely mm. fascinated. I yeah, mean that's yeah. why I do this podcast just to interested <laughs> in just what people do in life. Yeah, yeah. I really am fascinated in like oh that's an interesting way of approaching things. Mm. Mm. Um 
might not agree with it. I know, I know. <laughs> might not agree like, with that at all, that's, but it's opening me up to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's. Thank you for sharing, but that's just never going to work. That is still that. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, that is just me. Do you know what? I I don't know if you have this. I have different voices running in my head. I have my 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 inside voice, right? And I've got my outside voice, and often my inside voice is still going like, "What the fuck is that about?" <laughs> but my outside voice goes, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> what a great perspective. <laughs> yeah, giving too much away about. Um, I often joke with John about different situations going, it'd be really interesting to have a little video running of what I'm actually saying versus what I'm like thought bubbles <laughs> about what I'm thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah, things. Yeah. That, that, actually, that would inside out. That's like that would not be that would not sometimes be yeah, just, would not be yeah. very good at all. Um, <laughs> talking about uh, diversity. Actually mm-hmm. this is not even about diversity. I just want to share this because I think it's cool. Harriet and I are birthday twins. Oh yes we are. We have the same <laughs> birthday. So it's coming up very, very soon. The fifteenth of April, if anybody wants to send us presents. Yes. Um, <laughs> ones, yes. Um, I'm the older twin. I'm a couple of years older, so I'm two years older. Are you going to be fifty six this year? Uh, I'm or a sixty eight baby. Uh, yeah, so I'm two years older. I'm a sixty six. Okay. 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 Yeah. And we are quite similar. Like, yeah. we, there's things that we're we're different, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Do you reckon that's like Aries? I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I, mean, I sort of find the whole star sign thing, like, how could it possibly be that <laughs> everyone born in the same month? But we are spookily similar. We are spookily similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah spookily yeah. similar. And I wonder, oh, do you know what? I, I don't know enough about astrology. So for all of our astrologers, if you oh, can. Yeah, not to denigrate it. Yeah. But I found it interesting. Have you met birthday twins? I haven't met anybody else that shared my birthday. Leonardo da Vinci, da Vinci shares our birthday. So obviously we were very alike to him. Oh my God. We're both geniuses. So yeah. 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 I, I, I think okay. that's uncannily spooky as well. So yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I used to read the um, Guinness Book of Records and there was a family that had something like seven kids and five of them were born on the 15th of April. Maybe they only had sex on the same day once. Maybe they did that, yeah. Yeah. yeah and think. the Titanic sunk on the 15th of April. I actually think, what's her face? What's the actress in that? I think she shares our birthday too. Mm. Kate Winslet, that's it. Kate Winslet, really? Could be making that up. Yeah. Could be making that up, but we'll take that. Leonardo I mean, and Kate Winslet. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So Aries babies. Mm-hmm. Are you a, a spirited individual? Passionate? I like to... I, I, thought, I didn't know whether you meant spirited or we um, passionate. Oh, um, no, look, go both. Go both. <laughs> you know, the um, Aries fire. Aries is supposed yeah, to be Yeah, I always get offended when I read the Aries description. <laughs> I have to say, they're always so mean to Aries. <laughs> that was so nice. I'm like, <laughs> it, it, they actually go on about how selfish Aries are. I don't think. That's not. Think I'm selfish. No, really, no, I don't think. Oh, God, I am yeah. so not selfish. Yeah, I'm right. Not yeah, selfish. yeah. That's <laughs> bullshit. Our friends might say otherwise, but yes, yes. astrologers, yeah. that's bullshit. You need to write nicer <laughs> stuff about Aries. Exactly. I think they need to be kinder in how they write stuff. But yeah. yes, I am passionate about stuff. You will know if I dislike or like something. So yeah, yeah you won't be left guessing. Mm. Yeah. I'm always the loudest person in the room and my laugh can be heard 15 <laughs> kilometers away. My friends, friends from work will put chickens on my door and say it's the chicken lady because I both have chickens and I sound like a chicken. Oh, really? It's not very kind. It's very unkind. But, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, I used to be the loudest person in the room. Oh, yes, this story. But when I, yeah, there was a couple of different stories. Oh, um, there was a guy when I was doing some training um, mm-hmm. to be accredited in a, a certain personality profile mm-hmm. told me that I was too much for people. I intimidated people and I was much bigger. I was overweight. I was tall. He said, Catherine, you're a big woman. You've got a big personality. You need to just tone it down. And he, fuck. This is not the story I was going to tell you, but you can tell I'm angry. Yeah. Old, <laughs> Never anger at white this. guy mm. that was telling me, I would have been 25 at this yeah. stage. He said, yeah. you're too much. You intimidate people. You need to make yourself smaller. So even when you come into a room, this is me as a trainer. He said, you yeah. need to sit down so you no. don't. It's just like at the time I'm just going, 
fuck off. <laughs> um, but appropriate response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what actually happened is I traveled overseas not long after that on my own. So I traveled over there for six months on my mm. own. Mm. And it really affected my personality. I actually came back and it was just like, oh, it's not okay to be that big personality. Oh. And so I, there's still a biggish personality. <laughs> certainly not. That had a really impact on me for many, many years about it's not okay to be who I really am. So lots it's of therapy, lots of therapy. We let fuckwits define yeah. us. Like what get, is that? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, why? I mean, I'm sure that guy was a fuckwit in reality. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But why did he get under your skin with that? Just, and do you know what? It's interesting. Yeah. And, and what I do a lot of work with mm. um, people around, and that was just a, and I hadn't really consciously remembered that impact until I, maybe about five years ago when I was doing some, what was I doing? I was actually just mapping out some stuff about my just my story to I think to put into business terms or something yeah and it's just like oh my god this memory just popped up yeah like oh my gosh that has had it's been sitting dormant in the subconscious Uh but it says a lot around not okay to be who I am yeah and so I work with a lot of people to help them they they store a lot of stuff in the subconscious that they're probably not even aware Mm. and just Mm. to be able to help them to just even Mm. identify some things to go actually it's yeah. not even a real thing anymore. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of, um, but it's happening. Yeah. It's oh, interesting, isn't I it? Remember. Why do you latch on to a story like that? Yeah. And, and I think it's the whole thing that we hear the negative and we don't hear the positive. But yeah. when I was thinking about having a child, thinking that, you know, the one thing I wanted to do was just tell them that everyone thinks they're a weirdo. Everyone thinks they're not good enough and that they are, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I don't like that I succeeded with saying that, but, you know, hopefully hopefully something sunk through in prayer, yeah. Actually, do you know what I was just thinking too? Mm-hmm. I was writing uh, – you're not in, on social media, are you? I'm hoping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, just, I mean, I'm a voyeur. I'll look yeah. at stuff, but I never contribute, so. No, yeah. that, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with it, but I, I was <laughs> writing a post today and it was about the language – that we use and the impact mm. that that can have on your mindset and your outlook mm. in life. And mm. I used to refer to my life as being shit. You know, yeah. mum passed away the, yeah. the day before my 12th birthday. And I used to really refer to it as like, that was shit. Yeah. That was shit. And yeah. I don't anymore. I don't actually refer to any of my past as shit, even though there's been some mm. challenges and there's been things that I would never want to experience again or um mm. I've really shifted it to being I honour all the things that have happened. Yeah. I haven't necessarily liked them, but I no. honour them because they are, they've made me who I am today. So even that yeah. dick that said yeah. that I intimidated people, I've shifted from going, you know, you're a dick. Well, actually, yeah. I haven't really shifted. Right. Maybe. But Never. it's about going, well, <laughs> you know what, that, that, that's a point in time that happened. And it did have an impact on who yeah, I was. Yeah. But I've been able to shift Recover. from that. Yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. It, you know, in some ways you can be grateful that, you know, you, you may not be the massively big personality that you had have been, yeah. you might have been had, you're not sort of started your growth. But, um, you know, maybe he's helped shape you into something a bit more interesting than that. And, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe your pivot away from, Yes, Dick's kind of comment is is better for you, and yeah, you know we've got to be grateful for yeah. the assholes in our life and proud of the stars we <laughs> wear. I think you know, yeah. I mean, I remember I, I had brain surgery when I yeah. a year after I had Freya, and after the brain surgery, I put on fifteen twenty kilos. Like you know, of course, I just blamed it on the drugs, but I think it could have been the massive overeating. I was. Yeah. <laughs> compensation for having had brain surgery but anyhow I developed this sort of weight thing instantly overnight and I just sort of was so pissed off that I developed a weight issue just as I have a young girl and it's like what sort of example is that to be obsessed about my weight just as I'm kind of going to affect a child with the language and everything that I have and you know 20 years later I'm still working on that (laughs) you know I do I do sort of think it, it really kind of yeah, like the words that we use yeah. affect other people too. And, yes. You know, yes. You know, and I was really worried about how my paranoia yeah. would have a language to her. So yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think 
I've tried to be consciously empowering, uh, mm. you know, and a, a role model for the kids and stuff. But there's still stuff that I've done that screwed them up. That that's just a rite oh, of passage, I think. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Where I was thinking, what do you reckon Freya will go to a therapist for? Which yeah. Have we really screwed her up? With? Yeah. 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 I'm proud of that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's about the intention that we're, yes. that our intention is that we're being good mums and we're raising we're our, slightly screw ups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, time just goes way too quickly. So <laughs> what's what's kind of next for you? Just having fun life. You got your mojo back, so you're not a miserable old bag. Oh my, I have recovered from being a miserable old bag. Yeah. Next this year is helping pack up my mum's house and I've got my passport in case I have to head over and rescue my daughter. What else this year? I was going to learn ukulele, but I think I've given up on that. Um, oh, really? I'd like to learn the harp. Yeah, I'm well, inkling I've to got, learn. I've got the ukulele. Oh. I it to my daughter and she said that's a shit gift. So I said, well, I don't have that. But yeah, it has been turned to be, it had to be a bit of a shit gift. Um, <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's uh, eventually, um, I don't know, more ceramics, more, 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 more. Yeah, just enjoy working out. I was very worried when my daughter went away that I'd kind of look at my husband and just say, actually, you're a bitch. <laughs> but no, we're actually surprisingly we're turning out to sort of not totally hate each other. So that's been a nice, nice discovery. That's a nice surprise. <laughs> because our kids moved away as well. Right. And it was John and I, and it was just like, oh, this is, oh, this is a bit weird. But we got into a nice groove. Yeah. We yeah. got into a nice, well, yeah, nice groove. It depends on the atmospheric pressure on the day of hell <laughs> answer that question. But yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but look, I think that, you know, just growing old disgracefully with each other and um love, yeah. it. love, love that so <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. We could talk for so much longer, but thank you. Lots and lots of pearls of wisdom. You've got such a beautiful, colourful background of life that we could unpack heaps more but we won't <laughs> we'll do that yeah, over I, like I, the bubbles or something yeah yes definitely beautiful <laughs> yeah see you gorgeous thank you thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode you can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today and don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me and our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.